to Life with Ed, the podcast. I'm Julia Wirth, your host, a registered dietitian in New Haven, Connecticut. And I'm really, really excited to welcome back my first ever guest um, to Life with Ed, the podcast back in 2019 to this podcast today. Uh, so it's Tara Humphrey. She's my good friend, um, an individual who has recovered from an eating disorder. She was a collegiate athlete and has been to every level of care um, on her journey to eating disorder recovery. And she's in a really great spot now. So I was so grateful to have her back on the show for the third time. But the real reason I wanted to have her back was because my episode two weeks ago with Christine Flynn um, about how religion, in her case, Catholicism, um, and for me as well, you know, uh, has helped recovery from an eating disorder and helped, you know, see the worth in their body and really um, their worth as a human on this earth received more feedback than I've ever received before. So many emails and messages and I was blown away um, by how many people really resonated with that podcast and wanted to hear more. So Tara is um, soon to be a Unitarian Universalist minister, totally different from Catholic uh, life and Catholic religion, but it has had the same effect for her. You know, her um, faith has helped her recover more than than anything else she really said. So um, I wanted to bring her on to talk specifically about that since Christine's episode did reach such a wide audience and got so much feedback. I thought, okay, people want want more on the faith stuff. So that is coming up. But before we get there, I just wanted to say we do have three more speakers coming to the winter parent speaker series at Worth Your While Nutrition. So if you're interested in that tonight, we actually have Oriana Laflemme a uh, recovery coach. And in the next couple weeks, we have an individual who is only 15, but she has in the last few years recovered and is a great in a great place from her eating disorder. And also um, Nina Gilbert, who you've heard earlier on this series, um, she'll be coming to speak to the parent support um, group as well. So if you're interested in any of our parent programming, please go to worthyourwhile.com and check it out in the parent support programming tab. If you have any comments, questions, thoughts, anything else podcast related, please send me an email at worth, W-E-R-T-H, your wild nutrition at gmail.com. And without further ado, here is Tara Humphreys. Hello, Tara. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, this is like the third time. Yep. Third time. Okay. Third time. So my, my first guest and the guest I've had on the most because you live down the street and are my friends, so I can coerce this. Um, Correct. It's good. Okay, <laughs> cool. So the reason I wanted to bring you back on this time was specifically to talk about how faith has made a difference for you in your eating disorder journey because of the most recent show that I did with Christine Flynn. And obviously you're not Catholic, um, which you've said, you've said on the show before. Correct. Um, and you know, a lot of things Christine was saying probably like don't relate to you, but the essence of faith being what has been a huge part of your recovery, um, I think does ring true for you. Absolutely. Uh, and before we get started, I just want to say like after Christine's show, and I just told Tara this before, but I was like incredibly nervous to put that show out. It was something I've never done before to talk about religion in, in eating disorder 
work or this world. Um, but I received so many comments and feedback like this is your best show. Like I've never heard anyone talk like this. And it's like, yeah, because nobody does um, because really? it's scary. It's scary to when we've grown up in a world that's like religion and your work are totally separate. It's yeah. scary to try to bridge those. But religion for those of us who have one is integral to our life. So you can't you can't leave it out. No, not at all. And uh, the other part and the reason I had Christine on to begin with is because clients bring religion up all the time, like all the time. And I wonder what you think about that, hearing that. I, I would not necessarily have expected that. It makes me happy yeah. as a pastor. You know, to, <laughs> You're like, yes, score. Know, we have a chance. It makes me happy to, to know that people are seeing their faith as a resource. Um Hmm. So I would say or no. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. So I would say you've got some work to do on the pastor front. Right. Basically, what I'm hearing all the time is like, I have no purpose. Oh, <laughs> like I, I have no purpose. Right. What's the point of recovery for what? Like this like nihilism or existentialism. Right. I can't talk. I thought that's a hard word. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's that from some from a lot of people. Right. 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 And then like I ask like, well, do you do you go to church? Like, do you have a or, or synagogue or do you have a, a faith, a spirituality? Like, is there or even I just ask, like, what's your reason for life? I don't even ask this that often, right. but it comes into the back of my head yep. as like they need to be asked that. Yep. And then there's the patients who bring up like my church friends and like I'm doing this after church. And so it comes up more naturally. Got it. Um, so not as good news as you okay. were hoping. Okay, <laughs> well, I, got, I do have my work cut out for me. Yeah, so let's step back and say, like, yeah. how did faith first enter for you in your eating disorder recovery because you didn't have a religion growing up? No, I, my parents were totally agnostic. Mm -hmm. um, I would say our their version of church <laughs> was, you know, the Sunday long run. Yeah. Um, so that was my sort of understanding of, you know, what you do on Sundays is you exercise a lot. <laughs> so funny. Um, which is not, uh, you know, which is its own its own kind of church for some people. Yeah, of course. Um, but it was when I I found the church when I was unable to do those mm -hmm. sort of Sunday long runs um, when I was a college athlete and I was, you know, in recovery for the mm -hmm. first time. Um, and all of a sudden I didn't have that kind of um, – you know, time on Sunday that was really fulfilling to me. And so I literally just ended up visiting a church um, because I'm like, okay, what else do people do on Sundays? I guess I go to church. So did you have that active thought? Like what else could literally. I do? On? Because yeah. it almost sounds like the run or skiing, right? Yep. Like was your purpose? Exactly. And so then you were like, okay, I need a new purpose. I need something else. And I need something that might make me feel connected and mm -hmm. um, fulfilled in some way. Mm -hmm. So I ended up walking into a UU church in Bozeman, Montana. Mm -hmm. um, and and I just, UU is Unitarian Universalist. Unitarian Universalist, yep. And I just fell in love with it. Um, How'd you pick that one? It. I, at the time, was really hesitant of the whole Jesus situation. <laughs> well, just so to step back, I met Tara like four, three and a half years ago. Yeah, almost four years ago. Uh, and you were like, I've never read the Bible, who's Jesus? Correct. So, And you were already in divinity school at that Correct. point. So. Yeah, okay. it was, you know, I really was had not been exposed to yeah. Christianity. And so I was looking for something that was not that. Mm -hmm. And I found Unitarian Universalism. Yeah. Um, and it was a really good fit for me. And 
you know, I ended up needing to go back to treatment. And then I found that when I got out of residential treatment, my church community, even though they were still new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, in Maine. the ones in, Maine, in Maine. Yep. They were just like loving arms ready to hold me and welcome me back um so it was the love of community I think faith community that Mm -hmm. that was so instrumental in my own healing so you found it because you needed something else yes right so that purpose or just like literally an activity on Sunday and then they were also the community that took care of you yep a little bit and then it turned you know it started with Right. A place to sit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would have me, yeah. you know, during that couple hours on Sunday. And then it turned into the people who would love me. Uh-huh. And then it really turned into the theology. Yeah. Um, and the the parts of faith and belief in something outside yourself that became really integral to my recovery. And I think that more so than anything at this point mm-hmm. is what keeps me, you know, moving forward and grounds and sustains me yeah because it's really interesting because I've kind of gotten to watch a lot of your recovery because you were like not not great when we first met (laughs) (laughs) like first thing Tara said was like I only run with people who actually run and I was like well I've run a couple marathons you're like yeah but if you run walk like that's it oh my god so like you weren't in a great state but you already knew religion was important to you so what parts of your theology or your belief system have really helped in bringing, you know, the eating disorder, you know, down a little bit? Yeah, I would say two parts. Um, one is the, you know, the the first sort of principle. We have eight principles in Unitarian Universalism. And the first one is um, a covenant to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person, which basically is that you are loved period mm-hmm. the end like no matter every what every person matters. everyone matters and you matter just because you exist mm-hmm. um and so for me that was transformational because i you know people with eating disorders tend to struggle with self-worth and yeah. meaning and purpose and to have a sort of framework that i didn't need to earn love Mm -hmm. was really mind-blowing to me yeah I think that's such a important thing to say um that like every client I have at some point is like I I don't matter or like what's the point of all of this right and and to just have like the foundation of now your belief is like everyone matters so like clearly you're wrong and like that first loophole you can kind of poke in the eating disorder is really where you got to start yeah And the other thing is, you know, because the tradition of Unitarian Universalism is what we call a covenantal tradition Mm -hmm. and not, you know, we don't have creeds and we don't have dogma and Mm -hmm. there's very, there's a lot of flexibility theologically, but what we do have, you know, what holds us together are covenants of how we want to be together and how we want to treat each other. Mm -hmm. And what I, you know, what I get from that is that everybody at the table's voice matters and Mm -hmm. we can't be in covenant with other people if we aren't in covenant with ourselves. Yeah. That's kind of like you can't really be in a good relationship, right? When you still have exactly disorder. Yep. Um, that's really interesting. And you'll be pleased Julia to know, (laughs) you know, as as my (laughs) beloved Catholic friend that honestly, (laughs) and I actually preached about this during Advent this year, well, but I got a God is good card from you. You did. So you did. I know a God. golden God is good card. <laughs> so I really have fallen in love with 
Christianity. It's um, beautiful. Since, you know, since learning about it and since being immersed in, you know, Christian community for the last almost four years now. Yeah. A lot and of them. when I, you know, I think when the, f- the first time the power of the Christian story really hit me was mm-hmm. my first Advent and Christmas after coming to Yale mm-hmm. and being in Christian community. And when I, when I realized that Jesus's birth was God choosing the human experience. Yeah. Um, he didn't come as a bunny. Correct. Like, and, <laughs> you know, the sort of like radical affirmation of, of being the hot mess that is a human mm-hmm. just, you know, it continues to be such a powerful story and an inspiration for me. So how, what would you say to your like really hesitant self now about like diving into a religion? Because I think so many people whether they have an eating disorder or not and definitely parents like a lot of parents listen to this podcast like right. maybe in your busy life as a parent and a worker and whatever else you're doing you've not taken your kids to church as much or whatever you haven't done any faith-based things right what would you say to them about trying to step back in i would say it's just worth it you know it's so worth it to find i think a lot of it has to do with meaning making mm-hmm. we need places in our lives and frameworks that can be resources to make meaning out of our experiences and understand, you know, have something to base our understanding of our experience off of. Mm-hmm. Um, and faith does that for people. And and that's why, like, <laughs> this gets me all the time, but every single culture yep. from, like, the dawn of time has had some sort of religion. Correct. So... When people are like, oh, I don't have a religion. It's like, you do. Just is it like, you know, a a really destructive one? Or is it one that's bringing you to a better place? Yeah, there's that expression of, you know, we all have faith in something. Is it money and consumerism or, you know, self-destruction? Or is it something else? Mm -hmm. Um, And I really believe that to be true. Yeah, for sure. And so as a parent, like, what could you do to help your family with that? I mean, especially your teens, especially your teens. I would, you know, I encourage people to engage in spiritual practice, um, to read, you know, things that help your, your child or you to sort of get out of yourself Mm -hmm. and explore what's outside of you. Um, you know, one of the things that's so helpful about faith is that it's not about you. Yeah. Yeah. And so much of eating disorders makes you obsess about yourself. Yeah. And be so internally focused. And faith is is the opportunity to take a step back and sort of like just move right through that. And, you know, um, so I would imagine for parents to help, you know, if it's your kid or your teen or your adult child, you know, to help them move into a way of looking at their life that's mm-hmm. that's a little bit more other focused um yeah if that makes sense no it makes a lot of sense and i'm thinking of a few different things like first i just had a an intro call like with a potential client which i do all the time yeah um and she was saying you know i've been in therapy for a long time but like i can't talk about you know what has happened in my past like different traumas that she's had i can't talk about it anymore it's not helping right you know she's like i need to just like figure out how to eat yep. and like do life 
you yeah. know, and she was just feeling that frustration of like, I'm way too self-focused yep. and I need to just be given some guidance on eating and then figure out like how to, she's a teacher, how to be a better teacher, how to like yep. be maybe a better part of, of a certain faith, like whatever it is. Um, so that's one thing that I've definitely heard from her and then other clients of just like therapy also needs to be focused on like being motivating and other things like you can't right. just talk about yourself correct all the time correct um and then the other thing i was thinking of is you know when when patients come to me and they are like totally just like well everyone thinks this about me and like everyone is judging me this and everyone's judging me that i always say to them are you sure it's not you <laughs> <laughs> and like i say it just like that because right. i am so blunt but i I just believe so often the eating disorder just gets into that selfishness, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like you're just obsessed with you. Right. You know, whereas, you know, coming from a faith perspective, you know, I come from the the knowledge that I'm loved. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't really give a crap, um, <laughs> you know, what right. other people think. And, you know, I care about their experience of me and that I want them to feel loved and supported. Yeah. Like um, you want to be a good person to them. Correct. But like who cares if they think about your shirt or like, your hair or whatever. God already loves me. Ooh. So that's really what matters to me at least. Um, and. <clears throat> and like he or she or whatever, like yep. God did not mess up. Nope. No mistakes. Is that the same for you? In the yes. UU place? Okay. And a lot, you know, a lot of people that I serve in a faith context in my church and in UU communities don't even believe in God. Mm -hmm. But what they do believe in is love. Yeah. The transformative power of Well, God of love. is love. Exactly. And so they use different words. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think that the God framework is necessarily crucial even to people's no. spirituality. No, 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 no. It is to me. But, you know, are you you know are you loved yeah the answer is yes and like you yeah you don't even need somebody else, like another person nope. to say that you don't yeah hmm. it can be a real sustainer for people um especially because you know a part another part of faith is trust mm -hmm. and letting go of control mm -hmm. and We're so much of this. Yeah. exactly so much of eating disorders are you know about anxiety and control and trying to uh, manipulating control things so that we have what's always a false sense of control because yeah we just don't have that can you give lives. an example from like your life how before you thought you were in control and then like what actually was going on well I mean I think about things like tracking you know my exercise <laughs> and watches watch it. <laughs> we just went on a run and she did not wear a watch I did not wear a record. watch because I just don't care um, anymore. Yeah. I re like my don't, I no longer get my worth out of how much I exercise, mm -hmm. um, how many minutes or how many miles. It just doesn't matter. It yeah. matters to me now that it's fun. Yeah. And that um, you feel good. That right? I feel good and that I get to connect with my friends. It's and, joyful movement. And that takes a, a sort of palms to the sky kind of surrender mm -hmm. that I don't think I could have gotten without having a faith mm -hmm. that it was going to be okay because there's enough love to hold that up. So back up a little, because I have so many patients that struggle with obsessive exercise. Yep. Um, like what, 
were you feeling before? Like what were you proving or what was your exercise doing for you? I think it's been different at different times. Um, at one point it was because I was trying to excel at, skiing. you know, skiing, my, yeah. my sport of choice. And then it was, I think it was at that, you know, after I stopped, it was just, I felt like I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. if I didn't get enough exercise or I was lazy or. Like it's almost like a moral thing. Yep. I'm a better person than X, Y, or Z person because. I can run more than they can, mm-hmm. which is now coming from, you know, my relationship to it now is like so sad. Cringy, right? Really cringy. Yeah. I think about that too. Of, And that's like the self-centered thing, right? It's yeah. like, I'm better because I'm exercising. And it's like, what if you're just exercising because you feel good about you? Right. And it doesn't have, it, you're not comparing, you're not trying to be better. It's good for you. Like it yep. doesn't have to be a proving yourself thing it really doesn't and I would never tell you know members of my congregation <laughs> that they should exercise more or well, yeah as a know, pastor it's not really it's, you know it's thing. like how's your life going yeah you know? and I think that's an interesting thing because if we are viewing it in this moral lens of like oh if you exercise more you are better right like as your eating disorder self felt that way yeah then you would expect the religion to dictate, well, you better exercise, right? But actually, I don't know any religions no. that are like, everyone should run. No. No. <laughs> no. Right? Because not everybody can run. Correct. And Correct. that's Most fine. Most people can't, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. I mean, there, there might be something like physically or emotional. Well, correct. Yeah, but like there's nothing wrong because they can't run. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And I, I really, yeah, truly believe that, you know, the God that I understand to be true delights in our delight and joy yeah. in our lives. And, you know, we're meant to be free of obsessiveness and free of our neuroses and yeah. just enjoy our lives and work for a better world mm-hmm. and also enjoy the world that we have, even mm-hmm. though it's broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really can't do that or live into that when we're just so obsessed with whatever the you know chosen obsession is yeah Um, yeah and there's so many of these that like aren't eating disorder related but in the eating disorder world it's rampant yep right um so i just want to ask you a few of the questions i asked christine to see if you have a slightly different answer um so you mentioned a few things that specifically in uu theology you know help um with understanding your body and the importance of of you as a person is there anything physically body related in the uu world not really Mm -hmm. um i would say my more christian side is what sort of helps with that helps with that more Mm -hmm. yeah so what would that be oh gosh um the jesus story yeah um the story of god choosing human flesh um because being human is good Mm -hmm. um that that for me really does it which is like so not like the stereotypical thing of like our bodies aren't correct like we're trying to transcend them right like transcendentalists or whatever right. sitting in the woods yeah no we y- you know there's something holy and good about being just as we are right now yeah um in all the you know grossness and amazingness yeah. that is being <laughs> in a human body yeah like uh, one thing that i talk about periods all the time because yep. i'm a dietitian and, and it's good to have them. And it's good to have them, even though yes. they are terrible, as I just informed you. Um, but it's not gross 
And like, I try to get my patients not to think of them in that way. Right. Right. Or like, even I have one family that I see as the whole family. Oh, interesting. Um, the girl's very shy. So the parents, like I said, okay, well, when your daughter gets her period back, we'll know she's close, maybe not at, but close to like a, a better weight for her. Right. Yeah. And, and the dad is like, oh, she'll love that. Like automatically this like negative around our periods. And trust me, I get it because they're <laughs> miserable. I literally you was just, just complaining about it. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I have really bad PMS and I'm like anxious and, and whatever, but like, it's not really gross and it's fine and it's a good thing. It means my body's healthy and exactly. it means I could have a baby and like, all of these really wonderful things. So I just think like reframing how we talk about our bodies yep. and our bodily functions in our home. Like maybe that's something families could really do Absolutely. to help kids. We, we need to celebrate bodies in all that they bring and mm-hmm. all the different ways that they look and the different things they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And you know, their different needs. It's just part of the human experience. Yeah. And that can be profoundly joyful and diverse yeah and like why like i get patients who get so hung up on like little parts of their body (laughs) my left toe is like yeah it's like oh i have like cellulite and (laughs) like uh like my neck has a wrinkle or something and it's like is that preventing any (laughs) of the wonderful things that you are capable of correct or like maybe that wrinkle allows your neck to bend in a beautiful way like who knows and I just feel like that, yeah, I don't know, not exactly religion-based, but it right. it is something that I think families could really do. Yes. Um, yeah. My last sort of question on this front for you that I asked Christine is like, so we have the stereotypical eating disorder team, right? Like the therapist, the dietitian, like the pediatrician or a PCP, whatever. Interesting. How, how can we like involve faith? Like you do a ton of pastoral care. Yes. Like what would it be for someone to go to you like if at your church you know yeah i you know i think that one of the things religious professionals can offer and same with you know even lay people so yeah. non-trained religious people in your faith community is that we are we are you know part of the team in this in the sense that i think support in your faith is helpful to recovery But the unique thing that chaplains and pastors and Mm -hmm. religious people can offer is is a love that's not contingent on any change. Yeah. So what I'm able to say as the chaplain or as the pastor that I wouldn't be able to say on the care team. Yeah. (laughs) um, Because it's not so much about love, even though that is the motivator for a lot of providers. Yeah. I'm able to say it's not related. I love you regardless of if you ever get better. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's not my oh, business, right? Yeah. You're, you changing is not my business because I love you just how you are right now, mm-hmm. as does the divine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see you as holy and whole, just, you know, even at your sickest point. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, that's a really unique, um, because the job of a pastor, or a chaplain is not to help someone change. Yeah. It's to bear witness to where they are in that moment without judgment. And it's a really unique, um, it's a really unique place in a care team to mm-hmm. to be. And it's one that it's just endlessly rewarding. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think a good point, like 
to go to whoever your faith leader is just for that love. Yeah. Right. Like it's I have not tough love. It's just love. Just love. Like I have a really good friend who had severe, like rapid onset anorexia and then, you know, has gotten better and it really hasn't come back. Yeah. Um, very different from us. Um, and she like the first thing she did was went to her priest. Yep. Like she went to confession and she was like, holy moly, like yep. <laughs> I am not treating God's gift well. Right. Right. And like she was able to view it in that way of like, I'm not I'm not respecting God's creation. Right. Um, which is like, whoa, I was so far from that, like when I was really struggling. But um, it's I think what for her was what made that um, realization that she had a problem. Absolutely. And I also support parents whose, you know, children and teens are going through various things. Yeah, Um, parents could go. (laughs) And it's, you know, I'm always so happy when a parent reaches out to me to talk about their child because it's, you know, I'm a resource for them as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, pastors and religious faith community leaders, that's part of our job. Yeah, I mean, they're like parents. Yep, is to sit with people and just listen. And sometimes for parents, that's really all they need. They don't need advice. That, like I don't I'm not a parent I can't tell them <laughs> what to do my business is listening and loving them yeah um, and that's so needed like because as a parent like you don't necessarily like as a kid I'll step back a second as a kid like the best thing is to like go to your parent and get a hug and just yes. be like oh they love me and like that right. like warm cozy cuddle and like now as a parent myself like I do feel the like you know I still have my parents and I call them like every day at least once a day. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> but I, I don't have them here in my home to like go to whenever I want to cry. Right? right. Or whenever I just need to be like, somebody loves me. And like, I have a wonderful husband who does that, but you know, it's different. Yep. And so having that like faith leader to go to. Yep. Oh it, yeah. It's a great We're place. Very available for people to come <laughs> cry. And unlike, you know, medical providers, we actually do get to hug our parishioners. Oh um, Yeah. Like, you're not going to hug your therapist, but you can hug your pastor every Sunday. And there's something really special about That's that amazing. kind of love. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So any final thoughts for you just like on what your faith has done in terms of your recovery? Um, You know, I think the biggest thing is really just zooming out, zooming out of the self-focus um, orientation and did I meet my goals this week yeah right it's not a, you know I mean it is you do it's great to meet your goals um, <laughs> and it's also great to just put your palms to the sky and say I just have a trust that you know life wins here yeah and that love is present regardless of how much of a hot mess I am yeah yeah <laughs> we all still hot mess to be clear we, oh yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like as Tara and I sit in my office, which is like full of Crap. laundry and just like <laughs> stacks of baskets and like whatever. Um, this is the beauty of working from home. No That's one right. but you has ever entered this office uh, except for, you know, people who live in this house. So. Well, I'm honored. Yeah. For you the should... invite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Tara. This was so fun. Do and I get to say what my favorite food is again? Yeah. Has it changed? Well, it hasn't changed, but I have a new addition to the okay. list. Can you give it to me? So I actually told you on a run the other day, but it's Turkey Hill Farms brand black raspberry ice cream. Yeah. Almost like purple cow. Yeah, it's just it, talk about a spiritual experience. <laughs> I like almost have like one tear running down my cheek as I think about it. It's it's a it's a religious experience eating it. So oh, I highly do you recommend. eat anything like with it or just on its own, like um, chocolate? I like 
the Jiminy. mini dark chocolate chips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, Dylan and I are so into ice cream. Like we, during the pandemic, I mean, having a baby, like it's really the only outing you could do. Like oh, yeah. you go get ice cream and so good. we have gotten so much ice cream. Uh, so good. I got to get that one. But so thank I'm you. adding that to my <laughs> list of favorite foods that I've now shared on this podcast. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Take care, Julia. Julia.